Welcome to Burning Bright, a weekly podcast presenting poetry and prose from Passager. Beginning of September. For us at Passager, it means back to work. For lots of children, teens, young, and not-so-young adults, though, it means back to school. Here's an excerpt from Ellen Herning Schmidt's memoir, She Sits at the Desk in Front of Me. She sits at the desk in front of me turns around again, grinning, and tells me something funny, and we laugh. Still grinning, she tells me that her daddy is in jail. Greasy strands of hair hang around her face. Carol Ann, how many times do I have to tell you not to turn around? Mrs. Armstrong asks, but isn't really asking, through her teeth. Mrs. Armstrong runs a strict third grade. Every morning first thing, top boy and top girl student, Bobby, Abby, and I, get to stand up in front of the classroom. Under the pointy stick holding the flag at an angle, Bobby says, Attention! Salute! We all put our right hands on our hearts, looking up at the flag. I touch where Mom combs the part in my hair, because I know it's on the left, so I can figure out which is my right hand. One day when we enter the classroom, our mouths make O's when we see Carol Ann. We stand for the pledge and the prayer. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon Thee and beg Thy blessing upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. Amen. A large piece of duct tape covers Carol Ann's mouth. An excerpt from She Sits in the Desk in Front of Me. Ellen Herning Schmidt said, The memories of Carol Ann and the atrocious cruelties she endured are seared indelibly in my mind and heart. These memories influenced me to embark on my first career, special and early childhood education. I have often wondered what became of Carol Ann. It was clear to me even then that she was a prisoner of her past and her future. Passager published Ellen's piece in Issue 74, The Trauma Issue. Maureen Murphy Woodcock said, I'm a modern Celtic woman. Before I learned to read and write, I listened to my Scottish, Welsh, and Irish relatives tell stories about themselves and our ancestors. It was a family sport. We Celts learned to talk before we walk. For us, our oral tradition is a pedestal that supports our writings. Here's an excerpt from Maureen's short story, Japanese Blowfish and a Wooden Sioux Boy. Mr. Rainey, my sophomore biology teacher, was an elegant man. He stood a couple of inches over six feet tall, and though he was only in his forties, his hair was wavy and nearly white. His ears were flat against his head, and his nose came out from his forehead at just the right Roman angle and length. His eyes were a vivid sparkling blue and his teeth were slightly flawed. One of his incisors was crooked, which made them real and naturally perfect. He seemed to have all the ingredients of an ideally created man. My love for Walter Rainey wasn't an easy infatuation. It was a love that required me to labor, to give him my best homework, my finest oral reports, my full attention my adolescent academic soul. When I served him quality work, submitted polished reports as if they were sacred offerings, he sparkled. 
His blue eyes grabbed the light and flashed it back at me with a look that said, Well done, young lady. I was certain the muscles at the edges of his lips fought the temptation to brush my cheek before they changed directions and merely smiled at me. An excerpt from Japanese Blowfish and a Wooden Sioux Boy by Maureen Murphy Woodcock from the Winter 22 issue of Passenger. Mary Helen Snyder wrote about an experience she had when she went back to school later in life. She said, My response to watching the wrinkles on my aging body increase noticeably from year to year was to decide to fall in love with its beauty, as I had with the hundred-year-old cottonwood tree in our backyard. My hands and thighs bore a growing resemblance to the deeply creviced bark of this beloved tree. I told my art teacher that if he ever needed a fill-in model to pose nude, I would be happy to volunteer. And he did, and she did. Here's her poem on modeling nude for my art class at the age of 65. It begins with this epigraph by Auguste Rodin. It often happens that the more a creature is ugly in nature, the more it is beautiful in art. Tonight I strip for the chalk of the amateurs, pose, serve as an original, strike a variety of attitudes, bear this thinning membrane over bones, blood, lift my arms from my sides as they lift when the forest opens up on an inpour of light, blue hills. Tonight I model, stand as small measure of the history of body, woman, age. In the room, a friend marks on her paper this furrowed thigh, this branched hand, this stretched place under my arm where the breast is hung, marks what art is. Her eyes on me, my eyes on her. From Passenger's 2013 Poetry Contest issue, Mary Helen Snyder's poem, On Modeling Nude for My Art Class at the Age of 65. To subscribe to or learn more about Passager and its commitment to writers over 50, go to PassagerBooks.com. You can download Burning Bright from Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and various other podcast apps. For Kendra, Mary, Christine, Roseanne, and the rest of the Passager staff, I'm John Shore. Sure.